Welcome to a new episode of the Bull Take Podcast. I'm Austin Waiter. You already know this man next to me rocking the awesome Russell Westbrook jersey, the Austin Hill. And NFL episode, as you could tell by our quick little chat before we got the episode started. We're going to be discussing NFL Week 6 this past weekend and really the start of Week 7 that happened last night in some Thursday night football. But before any of that, go listen and watch our college football episode. Came out right before this. was a lot of fun. We'll have another big weekend. It's a weekend full of trap games, too, along with some big ranked yeah. matchups. So should be a lot of fun for both sides. I think they'd like it, Austin. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there you go. You got the nod of approval. So anyway, let's get into the NFL and starting with our tradition, as always, of our biggest winners and losers of the week. So, Austin, who would you say is your biggest winner from this past weekend in the NFL? Ooh, to me, it was really between two teams, but I'm going to give the nod here to the New York Jets. Uh, this was a great week um, to find their footing. Um, and this really seems like a team that, even though they lost Aaron Rodgers, they're starting to find their way uh, without him. And that could be incredibly important, as they still have a lot of talent on this team. And they could still make a push for that postseason. Yeah, I'm right there with you for the Jets, but I'll say someone different just so we can mix it up. Um, I'm going to go Texans on this one. I just think I'm getting a big win against the New Orleans Saints. Has them at 3-3. Three and three. D'Amico Ryans has been a phenomenal hire Absolutely. so far. That defense has been great. And C.J. Stroud, I mean, whew, man, if only someone on the show predicted him and that team to be really good in the preseason. Yeah, if only. I don't I don't know who I don't know who would do that. Um next up we have our biggest loser. And I mean it's safe to say there was a lot and a lot of good options for this this week in Austin. So what do you got here? Uh, you know, I almost wanted to say the Bears here just because the Justin Fields injury is tough, but that was only a six point loss without uh our starting quarterback. Um, and so, you know, I'm not gonna give the Bears too much crap. It it was a tough situation for us. Um, but I think there were some bigger losers, and I'm going to go ahead and circle the New England Patriots on mm-hmm. this one. Uh, dropping to one and five, um, losing to – I know he didn't really do anything, but losing to Brian Hoyer after he took over. It's just kind of a banged-up uh, Raiders team, and, you you know, Devontae Adams didn't do anything in that no, game either. No, he didn't. Um, they really just got beat down by uh, the Island of Misfit Toys <laughs> – uh, as far as the rest of these writers are concerned, um, and they're just not looking the way they should. Uh, they've got a lot of talented pieces out there in New England, and they can't seem to bring it together. I personally am calling for Malik Cunningham to get the start this weekend. Uh, I am absolutely right there with you, and I will say the Patriots too. Just, I mean, I don't know what else to say in New England. And also, you completely screwed over my bet of the week, which would have covered if it wasn't for Mac Jones taking a safety in the late in the fourth quarter. Oh Thanks, Mac. Um, really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, absolutely. The Patriots are one. I mean, they're just, let's just face it. They're, they're done. They're, they're they're done. Hopefully not too good where they don't get one of them top QBs. Hopefully not. Um, but for my real, I'll say another one to add to it. Um, I got to go with Desmond Ritter. Um, he flat out cost the Atlanta Falcons their game against the commanders this weekend. It was a hundred percent him. I'm not even trying to front that it was a defense or anything that made mistakes flat out, made some horrible, horrible horrible decision-making by him, and that was the ultimate difference in them being able to win this game against a commander's team that has really struggled as of late. So, Absolutely. Yeah, drops the Falcons to 3-3, three and three. and again, this is the thing we talked about in the preseason. We need You need to be have him develop, and this is a playoff team for the Falcons. They just got to get that QB situation 100% figured out. You know, if only that team would have gone all in on Lamar Jackson like we all thought they would, and it would have made sense last year, I mean. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, I mean, one of the best running quarterbacks in the game for a team that likes to run the football. Yeah, um, I hear that helps out tremendously. But that's it for our biggest winners and losers. We're now going to get into our talks for this past weekend. And I mean, we got to address the elephant in the room. Pop the champagne, the 72 Dolphins. You might as well celebrate. No more unbeatens are left. And I really think this is the earliest we've had unbeatens go down, I feel like, in quite some time, really. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we're going to start with one, 49ers and Browns. That was the one I feel like no one saw coming. Deshaun Watson's out. P.J. Walker starting. The Niners are coming off a 42-10 to win against the Cowboys on national TV where someone on here said they were this much better than the rest of the NFL. I don't know who said that. Um, but anyway, this started out good for the Niners, had that Christian McCaffrey touchdown run, and then he and then Trent Williams goes down. Then Debo Samuel goes down, and then Christian McCaffrey goes down and basically leaves Brock Purdy all by himself out there. And we saw whenever he doesn't have the help of those elite weapons, that that often struggled and ultimately led to that team not being a for Brock Purdy suffering his first career loss in regular season. I'm also glad that happened because I'm tired of hearing that stat whenever he hadn't played a full season. So, um, but overall, your thoughts on, I mean, this is easily the upset of the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a flat-out performance. And just a quick shout-out to P.J. Walker and yes. uh, Adrian Amos of the New York Jets. Bears legends um, <laughs> helping take down the undefeated teams you love in to the see NFL <laughs> uh, this year. They were both uh, obviously crucial uh, to their team's success. Uh, but for real, uh, this was an impressive performance for the Browns. And, you know, if Deshaun Watson wasn't making so much money, this team might seriously consider a full-time switch uh, to P.J. Walker. Mm-hmm. I could absolutely agree with that. Um, but the injuries for the Niners are considered long-term. But here's my question for you. You know, we talked about how better they were than the rest of them. Is there anything, because we talked about the first five weeks, we really haven't seen any issues with the Niners. But you saw them all this weekend. As long as those injuries are not long-term, like they said that they aren't long-term, do you still have, do you have any major concerns about this 49ers team for the rest of the season? I truly don't. I mean, you know, there are some people who are going to say, oh, Brock Purdy's only good because he has all these weapons. And, Sure, that may be the case, but, I mean, that's how teams are built. Good teams are built on good players, and so when you don't have your good players and you have your backups, uh, success is harder to come by. But, yeah, I mean, I think as long as this team stays healthy, they're still the clear-cut cream of the crop in the NFL right now. It's just unbelievable uh, the way these guys have performed as a team. But you're right, injuries are are certainly the only thing I'd be worried about for the 49ers, and that feels like something we've been saying about them for a while. (laughs) Since Uh, Kyle Shanahan got hired, probably. (laughs) Um, You know, you had the year where they had Richard Sherman on the team, and the whole defense went down with injuries. What was that, 2017, right after the Super Bowl, 2018? Yeah, it was like, I think it was the year before the Super Bowl that they had all the injuries happen. Then they make the Super Bowl, and then the next year everyone else gets injured too. I mean. Yeah, and so just a tough stretch for them. And, you know, like you said, that's something we've been saying about them for a while. But uh, it really is their only kryptonite <laughs> is injuries. Uh, it may have been the only thing that kept them out of the Super Bowl last year. Not having a QB really uh, hurts your chances. <laughs> yeah, when th- three quarterbacks go down throughout the course of the season, and one of them being uh, – your new face of the franchise quarterback going down in the NFC Championship. And you're starting Josh ja- Josh Johnson still. Shout out Josh Johnson, though. And NFL legend. He got hurt. Yep. Still. So Christian McCaffrey and had to go McCaffrey play, play quarterback. <laughs> so it, it was a bad stretch for them. But, yeah, I, I seriously think that this team is untouchable as long as they can stay healthy. I'm absolutely right there with you. Uh, I really don't – I really think because whenever McCaffrey and them go out there and unstoppable. And McCaffrey, I mean, he scored a touchdown in, I think it's 15 straight games, yeah. which is – two away from the NFL record. So um, 
And I'm just saying that after years of critiquing him and saying I wouldn't take him in fantasy, I took him again this year, and he's done really well for me, so I do appreciate it, McCaffrey. Um, but anyway, this is still a solid win for the Browns, which, by the way, as a Sears fan, I'll just say the entire AFC North won on Sunday. What the heck? Yeah. I couldn't even enjoy the bye week. I couldn't see both all three of those teams lose a game. And But now we're going to get to the other undefeated team, the Eagles and the Jets. And the Eagles are a team we have said the whole season they're undefeated but they are shaky in many areas. And we saw it in this game against the Jets in a very solid defense and just poor decision-making by Jalen Hurts at times and poor coaching decisions passing the ball late in that game that led to the Jets getting that touchdown. So how big of a shocker was this upset to you, Austin? Um, I think I was still shocked because, you know, as I pointed out, I picked the Jets as my big winner. But um, I truly, truly think this is a game that the Eagles should have won. Um, I think they're the better team on paper, and this is a matchup they should have won. So I was pretty surprised to see this happen. Um, but, yeah, there were just some interesting choices made. Uh, I will say, on that last drive for the Eagles on offense, there were a lot of pass interferences that I maybe would have called. But I also wouldn't have called for Jalen Hurts to throw 30-yard passes on third and fourth down. Um, you know, maybe just try and get the first down and yeah. keep it going from there. But he also threw to Devontae Smith twice, and he got pulled to the ground exceptionally <laughs> early uh, both times. So, I, you know, I think that there could have been some better decisions made. But I'm not going to sit here and critique this game and say that it was entirely on the penalties, though that certainly would have helped the Eagles continue a drive at the end of the game. Fair, when fair. they need to. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to blame this one on penalties because what Jalen Hurts had three interceptions in yep. this game. Uh, it was just a poor performance, and that's what it comes down to. The Eagles made some bad decisions. Uh, again, two thirty-plus yard uh, pass attempts on third and fourth down uh, in your own territory. Uh, when you're on the final drive of the game for your offense to try and even this game or take the lead. I don't exactly agree with it, especially when the guy's got coverage, even if he may have been pulled on. Um, you just got to make some better decisions. And, you know, that's something that we talked about with the Eagles. Uh, you know, they've made some bad decisions, haven't played super well, and somehow they keep getting away with it. Yeah. Hopefully here this maybe kicks this team, in, team into gear. You lost, and now it's time to start going. And you think maybe – they're missing uh, that that offensive coordinator and Shane Steichen right about now. Yeah, you really think so. And, I mean, they won't have time, a lot of time to figure it out. they got a big matchup on Sunday night that we're going to get to in a little bit. But to me, overall, I mean, yeah, let's set the scene. You're up 14 to 13. It's um, third and nine. That's 46. There's two minutes to go in the game. Oh, and the Jets are out of timeout. So they're going to have a minute to drive the length of the field with Zach Wilson. You know, and Zach Wilson could have gone down and drive them for a touchdown, and I would have been been like, okay, you know what? If Zach Wilson drives a game winning touchdown against us, we live and die by that. Mm-hmm. But instead, they throw the ball there, which I, I think that one comes down to Nick Sirianni in that situation. But yeah, there's still a lot of questions with this Eagles team. I still think they're the second best team in the NFC by a mile. Sure. Um, but they just got to get it figured out. And number two, they got to get their secondary healthy. Their secondary is. So severely injured right now. It's actually ridiculous. And the fact that they play the Jets when we gave up 20 points, I think, is still impressive. So they got to get healthy in that secondary. And, you know, I think it's safe to say another big thing they're missing, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who went to the Lions in the offseason. I think they're missing him a bit right now. Yeah, he was uh, not just a talented defensive player, but uh, obviously you talked about him. He was definitely a very vocal leader and kind of a spark plug for that team. Absolutely. So now I think we might as well – 
take a look at the standings. We haven't checked on them in about a week or two. So we're going to start with the AFC East. And this AFC East is, I mean, let's just face it, a three-team race. We got the Dolphins in first at five and one, the Bills four and two. And the Patriots. Yep, the Jets three and three. And then you got these three. And the very, 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 it's going to even go below the table here, um, is the New England Patriots. Uh, I mean, this is still a division. Honestly, even if the Jets Jets defense continues to play like this, they are far from out of this still, and I honestly believe that. Yeah, I think Zach Wilson is playing some of the best football of his career. Obviously, he hasn't quite lived up to the being the number two pick in that draft class, especially, I'd say, comparatively to uh, a guy like Justin Fields, um, you know, falling all the way to 10. Um, but he's played super well. He stepped into this role, uh, and he didn't have a lot of faith right from the beginning. I mean, obviously they lost that first game after losing Aaron Rodgers, um, but he didn't have a lot of faith and a lot of support from this New York fan base, and now he's kind of starting to garner that respect uh, from the fans and from his teammates who seem to be trying to support him. And, you know, it was big to see um, him take accountability in that Chiefs game, even though – you know, it, it was it was far from was his far fault. From his fault, but it shows how much he's grown over a year. I mean, we remember last year when he put the blame on yeah. everyone but himself in a game that was very much his fault. Yes. Um. So it, you know, maybe it it's not the most classy act because you know he knows he played a good game, but it, it seems like he's definitely grown up and matured and become a leader, and that is maybe. A result of having Aaron Rodgers as a mentor. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you saw he's throwing the football around without crutches. Just don't even get me started on this. I'm <laughs> unbelievably disappointed that anybody is allowing him to be out of the boot. Right <laughs> um, yeah. And so uh, we'll bring it up just real quick. Do you think, I mean, there he keeps on saying he's coming back for a playoff push. Do you think there's a realistic shot for him to make a return to the playoff push? Because the way he looks walking out there without crutches or a boot on and throwing the football around makes it look like he's ahead of schedule. <laughs> it's unbelievable. He should still be in a boot. I, I think that... What, this happened, what, five, six weeks ago? Yeah, you're supposed to be in a boot for like six to eight weeks after the surgery. Uh, and he hasn't been in a boot at all per him, um, which is not good. Um, he's certainly not taking very good care of the Achilles injury. I can't believe the Jets medical staff is allowing it. Um, I, you know, I've kind of talked about it uh, with some people. And my personal opinion, if I was the Jets, I'd come to him and I'd say, put the boot on or we're just going to release you. I mean, I know you put a lot of money into him. But think about how much money they would be paying this guy if he were to get injured a second time in the same season and push him even further back. It would then hamper his ability. It'd be like to come a Kevin back. Durant type of situation. Yeah, it's it hamper his ability to come back next year. Um, if it had happened late in the season, uh, I'm honestly in disbelief that they're letting him just walk around outside of the boot when he's not supposed to be off of crutches. Um, and the fact that he thinks he's going to play this year, I, I think for the Jets to suit him up and run him back out there, uh, especially with how this offensive line is played, to let him get hit again uh, and then tear his Achilles again, I, th- I think is foolish. So hopefully somebody snaps him <laughs> out of it. Or at the very least, if he wants to do these theatrics and say he's ahead of schedule, that's fine. But don't let him enter another football game this season. Uh, it, it certainly doesn't make any sense to me. Um, this is a guy who for a long time has been pushing pseudoscience uh, onto the recovery in football. And I don't think that we should let this spread mainstream. And 
Uh, hopefully, he's not spreading these uh, twisted uh, and sick ideas to J.K. Dobbins, who is training with or recovering training with yeah. him uh, also from an Achilles injury. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't think he'll come back, but I mean, I mean, it's it's kind of surprising. You know, you wonder if the dolphin noises he talked about are actually working or not. So, yeah, it <laughs> truly doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I don't know what the why anybody who has any say uh, over there in uh, New York isn't doing anything, but uh, hopefully somebody snaps him out of it. I just love always bringing up Aaron Rodgers. It always makes the show ten times better. It, yeah. it creates it creates so much so much interesting conversation between I, the two. Of I us. thought that I'd like him better when he wasn't a Packer, and I don't. <laughs> I like him less, maybe. Wow. I, okay. I don't think that's true. Do you do you like Jordan Love though? No. <laughs> I only I the I only don't like Jordan Love because he's a Packer though. I don't. Have, if it was if he was on another team, if he was no on issue. Another team, I would probably be cheering for Jordan. Okay. Um, but anyway, the rest of the AFC East, the Dolphins, like we said, have looked good despite a 14 point deficit and the Jets and the Bills played or the Bills and the Giants played in maybe one of the ugliest football games I've ever seen on Sunday night football. Uh, but the Bills found a way to win at the very end, even if there might have been a questionable holding call in that final play. Yeah. But to me, I don't know why you're not running a QB sneak on the one yard line if you're the Giants. Uh, the tush push has been unstoppable this season if you get the right push and leverage from your own line. So. I mean, you can literally just pick up Tyrod Taylor and throw him in the end zone with the way the rules are just designed, take him, basically. to so, the end zone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you're not doing that. Uh, I get people being upset that it wasn't a hold because I think it was more egregious than the penalty they actually called on the player prior. Agreed. Um, but I don't. I also don't think you can just keep relying on getting a penalty over and over again until you score a touchdown. I, I think you've just got to maybe call a better play. I think that's fair. But next division, we got the AFC North. And to say this division's close, um, Austin, I think that'd be an understatement yeah. to say the least. Ravens 4-2, and two, Steelers 3-2, three and, t- three and two, Browns 3-2, and two, and the Bengals sitting at 3-3. Three and three. Um, All four teams, realistically, still have a chance in this division. But, you know, something that concerns me as a Steelers fan, Bengals, after 1-3 start, they've won two in a row. Granted, it was against a bad Cardinals team, but they beat a good Seahawks team. So you wonder if the Bengals are slowly starting to figure things out after that really slow start. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it seems like something about this team the last two years uh, – just takes getting beat down a little bit to get them back going. But, you know, Joe, obviously, he's looking healthier. He's looking better. Uh, this team's starting to perform better. Um, certainly, this team is uh, finally getting in the groove this season and can maybe throw themselves into that playoff race. Obviously, anybody's ball game right now in the AFC North. Absolutely. And so I'll ask you this. You know, let's throw out the Steelers out of it because it would be biased if I did pick the Steelers. Of the three other teams, which one would you feel most confident in saying you feel confident they'll be able to win this division? Uh, I'd probably pick the Ravens right now. They seem to be the most consistent um, because even in Lamar's bad games, this defense seems to be keeping games close. Right. Um, so I, I certainly would lean towards the Ravens right now. Absolutely. I think I would lean Reigns, but the Bengals, I mean, they're, they're, just, they're just slowly creeping up there. Even though they're in last, they're slowly creeping up. But next up, AFC South, where after some time, it feels like we finally have a true contender in that division. Jacksonville out in front with a big win last night over the Saints to go to 5-2. and two. Colts and Texans are 3-3, three and three, but obviously the big news, Anthony Richardson, that season-ending season shoulder injury is going to make him miss the rest of the year. Gardner Mitchell will be a starter. And the Titans, 
fall behind at two and four. But we'll talk about Anthony Richardson. Uh, this is to me is the absolutely the right move by the Colts for your future. You're not a, considered a true playoff contender. I mean, it makes too much sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, take care of the player, get him off the field, and you know he got banged up a lot early this year. I think it's best to take care of him and let him have the rest of this year off. Um, like you said, it's not like they're playing for anything at all. Um, so there's no reason to get him out here and make anything worse. Um, just let him have the time off, let him have the season off, and put yourself in a better spot for next year. I was about to say, you have a first-year head coach. You have a lot of tension. Still, Jonathan Taylor got signed, which was a big deal uh, for them. But this isn't a team you look at and say, yeah, they're going to be able to be one of the top teams in the AFC this year. So to me, it was the absolute right move. Still rooting for Gardner Minshew to make an unbelievable Colts playoff run. Don't know if it'll happen after this past weekend, yeah. but a man can dream. Um, but the Texans overall, three and three, been really the surprise of the NFL season so far. Again, this man picked them to win this division. And listen, they're three and three. And I mean, according to these stats I have in front of me, they still give them a 57% chance to make the postseason. So even the stats are starting to believe in this Texans team along with you did in the preseason. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's no reason this team shouldn't be pushing for the playoffs. Obviously, they gave up a lot to move up and get Will Anderson um, as well as keep C.J. Stroud. Um, so this team has to try and win. Uh, it doesn't benefit you to get a high draft pick. It benefits the Cardinals. And so they're going to come out, uh, and they picked, again, I, I've said it a lot, the most pro-ready quarterback coming yep. out of this class, and he certainly looked like it, and he's making things happen. This is a, a team that I thought can make some noise just because of the situation they're in. They're almost backed in a corner where you have to win uh, just because of the way the draft picks are allocated. And they're certainly living up to that and, and making things happen. Absolutely. But now let's get to the AFC West where, let's just face it, it's one team race there. Kansas City Chiefs out in front of 5-1. and one. Chargers 3-3 three and three, or 2-3. and three. Raiders 3-3. Three and three. Surprise 2-3 and three and 3-3 three and three teams, but not even close, I think, at least in my opinion, to being legitimate playoff teams. Would you agree with that statement? Uh, I completely agree. I just don't think – they just don't look good right now. Um, and not, but, yeah, not to mention the injuries for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. So he's out this week. And the Chargers, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get from Brandon Staley week in and week out. Yeah, uh, maybe with Eckler back we'll see a, a little bit of a different team now. They've obviously been missing him. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will uh, – there, there's certainly no guarantees with any of those other teams in the AFC West. Absolutely. But the Denver Broncos in last at 1-5. Here's my question for you. You know, I hinted at it at the start of the year. I said Sean Payne did not come in to this Denver job to have a to be a losing team. Could you possibly see, and at least at least I see it, about him maybe being a one and done year as the Broncos head coach? Uh I could see it. I certainly think the Broncos are going to do everything they can to convince him not to do that because they gave up a lot to get him. Gave up a first round pick for him. Um but it, it's certainly something I think he he might consider. Uh, I mean, he left New Orleans in a very he, when he, they were in a very favorable situation. Absolutely. Um, and so you know he obviously did not come back to play like this. And you know it, I think if he doesn't see any hope by the end of this season, I think you're absolutely right. He could call it quits and retire for real. Absolutely, I'm right there with you. But now we're going to shift over to the NFC and really. Three out of the four divisions are comfortably in control. You got the Eagles in the NFC East, firm control. You have the Niners in the NFC West, and you had the Lions, five and one on the year, tied for the best record in the NFC and best record in the NFL overall. So, Austin, I'm going to ask you this: you know, 
would you put the Lions up there with the Eagles and Niners yet? Or do you still think there's a bit of a gap between those two teams and the Lions? I think there's a gap. I don't think it's a huge gap. Um, but the Lions are getting better and better uh, week by week. And they're certainly starting to close that gap. But right now, I'd still say there's a little bit of a difference. I think that if they played either of those two teams right now, that it would not be a close game. Yeah, I think it would be interesting. And especially getting Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back. Maybe by the end of the playoffs, near the playoffs, that will help them out tremendously too. But those are three divisions pretty much in control. The Cowboys are one game back in the NFC East, and that's really the only close one. But this NFC South, uh, three teams are insanely close competing. You got Tampa Bay sitting at three and two right now, leading this division, kind of like we didn't really expect, especially not knowing what happened with Baker Mayfield. A Falcons team with Desmond Ritter that has constantly struggled, especially this past week, and a Saints team that just they just can't get it figured out on offense with Derek Carr and them. So, I mean, this is overall a very tough division to pick from those three teams. They got the Panthers at 0-6, but no one's really paying attention yeah. to that. It's a development year with Bryce Young. But those three teams, uh, do you have any confidence in those teams, not only to just win this division, but really to maybe even be able to win a playoff game? Uh, I certainly think when you look at it, uh, Atlanta doesn't really have my faith at all. But no. Tampa Bay and New Orleans – both have the pieces. Uh, I mean, you look at two really solid teams. Uh, I think the difference between both is quarterbacks. Um, you know, Baker has been great this year, and when he's given the chance, he can be great. Um, but he's definitely had a lot more consistency issues in the NFL where Derek Carr is more of a known veteran, a guy who's going to get the job done. And so uh, I think if I had to pick a team to win this division – uh, that I had more faith in to win this division and maybe win a playoff game. I'd lean New Orleans, but I certainly think that the Buccaneers have the same uh, amount of quality pieces to be able to make something happen. Obviously, still a decent amount of players off of that Super Bowl winning team just a few years ago. Uh, so, obviously, um, nothing is uh, finished there in the AFC South early in the season, but or it certainly looks like uh, uh, I would put this at a two-team race, even though the Falcons are kind of up there in second. Yeah, uh, I'm absolutely right there with you. Um, but I would probably give an edge more to Tampa. I think both these teams' defenses, the Saints and the Buccaneers alone, can help them win a playoff game. But I don't know what is. There's just something that's not clicking with the Saints' offense right now. And uh, we're now going to get into their game last night before we get into our game picks. Jaguars and Saints last night, a tough win for the Jaguars 31-24 final um was a fun game started out a little bit slow but it hit and a big thing that happened this game this is the first game where a Saints game has hit the over in 11 months that is insane yes it is uh, as a man who bet the under feeling confident it is very unfortunate um so overall uh, what were your thoughts from this game overall for the Saints? And it was a chance at the end, but at Foster Monroe, unfortunately, couldn't pull that one in, which anyone who tries to bash him or anything, don't you freaking dare. Don't you freaking dare. That man's been through more than you know. Yeah. Um, but how do you feel about this takeaways for both teams from this game? Uh, I think uh, Jacksonville really showed up. Their offense really showed up in this game, which uh, you know they've been waiting for. Uh, but – the defense kind of let them let the Saints off the hook in the second half. Uh, they got out to an early and kind of big lead, um, and then the Saints got back into this game and, you know, very nearly even this game up uh, right there at the end. Um, but I I really think for the Saints, uh, they're just they've got to get going 
faster on offense. Um, obviously, the way they closed out the game, minus the very finish of this game, they got back into it and they gave the Jaguars fits. But if they would played like that all game, I mean, they're, this game might be tied. They may have won this game. Yeah. Um, so it's just got to be faster starts for this team. And uh, Derek Carr has just got to get comfortable in this offense. I don't know what it is, but something's got him off a little bit. And he reeled it in in the second half, just the one turnover, I believe. But he, he missed some throws early in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, I mean, it just seems like there's just not a connection between him and the receivers. I mean, you saw Chris Olave – he was just yelling at him to run a route better and run it faster. And I mean, there's just, and he's yelling at his offensive coordinator. I mean, this feels like something is not working there and they need to get that fixed soon. If they want any shot at keeping up and maybe win this uh, NFC South for the Jags, I thought it was good in the first half, but that offense did virtually nothing in the second half. They got to be able to keep, uh, be able to keep a full game performance going into it. Travis Etienne had a big game. Shout out to him. Dynasty Football League running back. Really helped me get a good start on my opponent this week. Uh, so big win for him. And Trevor Lawrence, you know, for someone who came off a bit of a knee injury this past week, he looked pretty solid uh, for the most part. So overall, I think it's a good win for the Jacks. Puts them at 5-2, and two and you can fully say they're back into contending for that uh, one of the top spots in the AFC. Absolutely. But now, enough about that. We're going to get into some game picks. And like I said, we're going to get the game pick records out most likely next week. So we'll be able to put them in. But we like to the way we like to do it is not put them in here early so that way we don't make any strategic picks. Because yeah. we did that the first year and it kind of made it weird where I was picking against this man because he was so far ahead and I picked like against him no matter what. Like even if I felt like the team that, would, that they would beat him made no sense, I was picking against him. So... Let's start with a 12 o'clock game that has a lot of hype, in my opinion, and that's Lions and the Ravens. Lions going on the road, trying to make a statement in Baltimore and really prove just how legitimate they are. This is going to be a fun matchup, Austin. I really think it is. Who wins this game? Oof, it's going to be a tough game. These two teams like to run the ball. It's going to be gritty. Uh, I'm going to give the edge to the Ravens. So the Lions have a lot of damage in that running back room right now. Obviously, Montgomery's not going to play. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is a little bit banged up, but they say he's going to be uh, – Well, they haven't in. used him, really, so. Yeah, they say that he's going to play, um, and Dan Campbell was kind of talking about how, you know, we want to kind of ease him back into it. But to be truthfully honest, uh, you know, we need him. Uh, we're going to need him to take the helm and be the big ball carrier for him. And I think, you know, him not being 100% and coming back into that, and he's going to take a bulk of the the um, the carries uh, – when he hasn't really done a whole lot all year, even when been healthy, uh, I, I think it, it's going to not bode super well for the Lions. And so I'm going to go Ravens in this one. Well, someone who's rooting for the Steelers to somehow get back in first in AFC North, yeah. we're going to have to disagree here. But also, logically, I really do like the, the Lions. I think this is their first true statement. They got a big win against Tampa Bay and what felt like a kind of a first test for them since that Chiefs game. But – I think this is a big chance for Jared Goff to make some big throws against, I would say, a questionable Ravens secondary. So I think that could be a factor that could come into it. And I'm going to go Lions and I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to switch it up. We really have picked different on games the last couple of weeks. We have. And that's going to make these standings look even more confusing overall whenever we get to them. Um, really, for the 12 o'clock slate, there's really not a lot of other interesting games. So we're going to go ahead and move to the afternoon slate where we have Chargers and Chiefs happening 
325 on CBS. Know what you're thinking? The Chargers losing to the uh, Cowboys this past week. You know, that one fan, which, by the way, meant to ask you, real or fake on the fan? There's been a lot of rumors about which side is actually true. Um, I haven't seen a convincing argument for fake, so I'm going to believe real until then. I saw somebody say, oh, she just has time on a Tuesday to take time to do this interview with ESPN or whatever, like the day after. And I was like, if ESPN called me, like got in contact, I would take the day off work or whatever to interview. Like I'm not going to work. I'm sorry. I'm just going to do the ESPN (laughs) interview because I've become this viral sensation on the internet. So I I don't think that's necessarily a great argument. I haven't seen a great argument for fake fan. So I'm going to go real fan until proven otherwise. I think so in that one too. But I mean, can we show how, I mean, she she at times she made me question how loyal of a football fan I am because she was she was all in on that man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean she was really into it. So I give her uh, all the props in the world, and hopefully she was a legitimate fan. I'm gonna believe so until proven. I'm gonna hope so. I hope hopefully she'll be at the next Chargers home game. Maybe that'll be another fun thing. But Chargers Chiefs, it's always a close matchup when these two teams play. It's in Arrowhead. You wonder if a certain someone will be in attendance. Yeah. You know, uh, I hear a certain someone on the Chiefs plays good when that certain person shows up. So how does this one play out, Austin? Uh, I'm honestly going to go Kansas City here. Um, I think it's going to be a very high-scoring affair. I think the Chargers uh, may look a lot better, and I think they've got a chance to win with Eckler just being his second game back. I'm probably feeling a little bit better coming into it, and he might have an even bigger game. So I'm gonna, But I'm going to go Kansas City. This team has been lethal and unstoppable. It feels like, and that defense is playing much better than Chiefs defenses we've seen uh, in years prior. And I mean, some would say it's outperforming the offense. The offense has struggled at points this year for the Chiefs. Only one true game where they had a big game offensively, and that was against the Bears in Taylor's first game. So maybe you know, I mean, this might—I think this is the first home game they've had. Well, no, they played the Broncos last Thursday, so you never know. We could see a big offensive explosion. Uh, I'm going to go Chiefs, but in a very close one. The spread's at five and a half. I would honestly probably take the Chargers there. I think a late touchdown by the Chiefs seals it. They always play so close no matter what. It really doesn't matter. That's how it is in most division rivalries. It's a close game because you already build your team to beat that team. So I'll go Chiefs, but I would not be surprised if the Chargers won this game. I honestly wouldn't. But now, Austin, we got to get to the main event. The main event, possibly of the entire NFL season so yeah. far. Dolphins and Eagles. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be a fabulous matchup, to yeah. say the least. Forget about making our pick first. Just your thought on the matchup before we get into them picks. This definitely has Super Bowl preview written all over. Absolutely. Two teams that have shown they have that kind of potential. Uh, I'm very, very excited to watch this game. This is going to be an offensive explosion and two talented defenses. Um, and in one of my dynasty leagues, I have both of these defenses on my team, and I'm going to need to scramble to get a new defense because <laughs> uh, I don't want to play either of these defenses in this game. I think they're both talented, but these offenses are great, and I think both of these teams are going to lock in and try and score big. But I'm going to go with the Dolphins. They seem to be kind of mm-hmm. riding high right now, and the Eagles coming off a low. I think maybe they get dinked for their second loss uh, as they're still trying to figure things out while the Dolphins are blazing hot. Yeah, I mean, it feels way too obvious to pick the Dolphins. Like, it feels like the it Eagles does. are coming off. It feels off. like a trick. It feels like, you know, Eagles losing to the Jets. Dolphins look unstoppable offensively since the Bills game. It's too easy, but I, I'm, and I'm going to take the bait. I'm right with you. I'm going to go Dolphins on this one. Uh, I feel quite confident in the fact that I don't know if this Eagles secondary is going to be able to keep up 
with Tyreek Hill. And if they can keep up with him, they certainly won't be able to keep up with Jalen Waddle. So that's the biggest thing to me. So I'll go Dolphins there with you. But now it is time, as always, for our bet of the week. And I'm going to ask you awesome. Last week was pretty solid weekend. How do you see your bet of the week going this weekend? Uh, I like the odds on this one because I'm going to go Chargers Chiefs over. I, you know, if you listen to the last episode, I'm over heavy this week. Uh, but overs looking good right now. There's a lot of fun overs. Hey, last two short to bet the under. Absolutely, and there are two very exciting offenses playing uh, in Arrowhead in Kansas City. Two teams that want to put up a bunch of points, want to beat the other badly. Um, I think these two teams are going to put on a scoring clinic. I look for some. Uh, they might just go air raid in this game. Maybe. So mine, my pick has a little bit of a story behind it. Okay. If you're ready for it. So last uh, last Saturday had a good slate, you know, betting college football. That was good. I go into my NFL banks, like probably my worst betting day in the history of my time betting on the NFL this past weekend. It, it was brutal. And anyway, I'm sitting in there and I'm talking about, wow, I really suck at betting. And my mom walks through. She's like, I thought you were an expert. I thought you knew what you were talking about. So I'm like, okay, fine. You want to you, you want to talk there? Why don't you give me a pick for the Sunday night game? Uh, the pick hit. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to test this for Monday night football. That also hit. So, you know, I made, I made a bet with her. I was like, I'll tell you what, this Monday night game hits. You can pick my bet of the week for me this week. And it hit. And ironically, I didn't think it would happen, but it's the same as yours. She told me to go with the over in Chargers and Chiefs. Hey, she she, she's, she's got a good mind. Apparently, she agrees with you. Yeah, hey, so, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, um, but I'll give you a second one. Um, they're back in action this weekend. So Steelers under take the free money. I don't care what anyone says. It's free money to take Steelers unders. If you don't like that, maybe take the under and Raiders and bears. Cause that's a matchup of backup QBs. Yeah. I honestly <laughs> would not subject myself to that game. Uh, just yeah. don't watch it. Yeah. Um, that or Colts and Browns with it, maybe being Gardner Minshew versus PJ Walker. Although that sounds like a way more entertaining QB matchup than, What's what's the name of the Bear QB again? I, I, Tyler Bajant and, and uh, Aiden O'Connell, maybe, or Brian Hoyer. Or Brian Hoyer, Aiden O'Connell, somebody. I was about to say, didn't he, uh, he play at a D2 school, the Bear QB? Yeah. I forget where. but uh, I don't remember where either. But anyway, um, those are two games maybe you want to stay away from. But nonetheless, at least watch the Sunday Night Football in line to Ravens. We're going to have some fun matchups for the NFL. But that is going to do it for this episode, our second episode here on YouTube of the Bull Take Podcast. We thank you for watching and listening Absolutely. to both of us. We're going to be back doing this every single week. Next week, you know, I heard a little Burry told me we might be doing an NBA preview a little bit late in the season, but yep. we might be adding it. Absolutely. And, I mean, there's a lot of good options. I heard there was a big trade that happened a couple weeks ago. Yeah, big trade. Still big drama brewing somewhere else. And, uh, you know, a lot of uh, new alliances we're seeing this offseason. Yep. A lot of new players and new places. And, and not only that, the Pacers will win the Eastern Conference. But that's for next week. But for now, that is Austin Hill. I'm Austin Waiter. Thank you for watching and listening.